Hello, everybody. You listen to J Movie Talk, episode 280, as I'll be talking to movie Everest. You, my friends, are following in the very footsteps of history, something beyond the power of words to describe. Human beings simply aren't built to function at the cruising altitude of a 747. Our bodies will be literally dying. Everest is another beast altogether. How you doing? I'm back. Doug Hansen. What do you do when you're not climbing, Doug? I deliver the mail. First mailman on Everest? Hope so. <laughs> I like that. Sit down, man. Climatize. How's the weather? It's good. I wish I was with you. One day, you, me, and that little Sarah will all go climbing together. So today's the day, huh? Kids, they see a regular guy can follow impossible dreams. Maybe they'll do the same. Uh, I'm on the top of Everest, Alan. We made it. Go to Rob. There is a massive storm headed your way. Oh no. Gonna take all we got. We're all getting down together. Now let's go. If anyone can make it, you can. going on everybody i am back kicking off the month of march which march mayhem which i basically my uh disaster movie month and if you listen to me at the end of the last episode february i mentioned that i was going to be kicking this month off with this movie everest which came out 2015 um this is a very interesting movie and I remember when I was deciding to put this movie on the list for, for March. And I was like, cause I had seen it a few times. Uh, I didn't see it back in 2015. I think the first time I actually saw the movie was maybe like two years ago. And I watched it a few times. I was like, okay, this is a, it's an interesting movie. I mean, it is based on a true story. Um, and everything. So. I won't be making a lot of jokes because quite a few of the people that's portrayed in this movie, you know, they they died in real life. So if you, you won't be hearing me make a lot of jokes regarding this movie, just in respect for, you know, what happened with these people. Now, certain situations, um, I might 
kind of crack a joke here and there. But I just wanted to be known like this is not going to be a a jokey um, me making jokes uh, as far as certain stuff that happens in this movie. Um, this movie uh, has a very ensemble cast of stars and character actors and future stars, um, which I completely didn't know uh, that one particular person when I talk about this cast uh, was even in this movie, which surprised the hell out of me when I found out that this one particular person was in this movie. Um, and it was directed by Belthazar Cormicur um, and everything. And kind of looking at Belthazar's filmography, I surprised that I'm actually familiar with a few of Belthazar movies. Um, most recently, um, I mean, just kind of going back through it for a quick second. I mean, most recently he directed Beast, which stars Ilgis Elba, which is on Peacock or The Cock, if you will. Um, and everything. So I'm familiar with some of his movies. And I think the last thing that I saw in between that, uh, was this movie. And he also directed Two Guns, which starred Denzel Washington and Mark Wahlberg. Contraband. So he's done a few movies with Mark Wahlberg because he did Contraband, um, and everything. Um, but yeah, that was like, I mean, he's done some other films, uh, some foreign films and stuff like that, which I've never seen. But, um, let's see. But like I said, I think it starts with Contraband and then Two Guns. So those are the two movies he did with Wahlberg um, and everything. And then Everest, which is, you know, the big disaster based on true story film, which I'll be talking about. And Beast, um, which is a very interesting movie, which I might actually review at some point. I'm not sure if I will or not, but um, we'll see um, if that happens. Um so talking about this cast for a second, like I said, it is an ensemble cast, um, but there are a few people that I feel that are the main focus of an ensemble. Because in most ensembles, you get that you get, you know, where you have your main focus and then you have your support. And with this movie, there are quite a bit of support. And one particular person that should have been a main character is actually a support character and it was like hmm that's interesting and i was kind of in, interested in the fact that this person actually uh took on the part that they played because of just the name that they are so uh we have jason clark as rob hall um who is one of the main focus of this uh martin henderson as andy harold harris um, got John Hawks as Doug Hansen, um, Michael Kelly as John Krakauer, and people, these names, you know, sometimes names are hard, you know, words are hard sometimes. Um, got Emily Watson as Helen, Sam Worthington as Guy, Kira Knightley as Jan Hall, Elizabeth Delbicki as Carolyn, Josh Brolin as Beck Weathers another main character so it's like rob and beck i'm gonna let it be known like rob and beck are kind of your main uh focus here in this movie uh jake gyllenhaal as scott fisher and that's the person i was referring to as yeah he kind of gets 
a little bit of screen time like in the beginning but he kind of weaves in and out of this movie to the point of view you almost kind of forget that he's in the movie at certain points um and everything uh vanessa kirby who has really blown up here in recent similar to like elizabeth del becky th- these are actresses that you know at, by in 2015 yeah they would not like name like well known known or anything but you know a few years after this they names would blow up and you would know who they are um robin wright as peach weathers she plays beck's wife and mia goth um from i mean x and pearl uh, of fame of here recently you know i'm a star you know that whole thing um she plays meg who is uh beck's daughter which like i say seeing her show up and it's like wait a minute like she's in this like all right i guess um and everything but i mean you gotta always start somewhere right you have small roles and next thing you know you actually do become a star so um yeah um like i said this cast is very very interesting in the standpoint of it does it is riddled with known actors if you are someone who watch a lot of movies and i'm pretty sure if you listen to this podcast you do watch a lot of movies so you're familiar with probably some of the names and might not know the names, but if you see the faces, you know exactly who these people are. So the movie kicks off with like a uh, title card is talking about, you know, at different points in time with Everest and everything about, you know, how this mountain is, you know, it is, it's a beast really. Um, and everything like, and even during the course of the movie, people talk about, yeah, they climb like other, you know, summits and everything like that. But when it comes to Everest, Everest is, is the king of kings. And it's like, if you are able to get to the top and back down surviving that, then you really have accomplished something. Um, and just real quick, uh, Keira Knightley is another one that I was surprised at the role that she plays in this movie because, Similar to Gyllenhaal, you kind of forget that she's even in the movie. Um, I mean, she's not there with them. She's, you know, uh, Rob's wife and she's, you know, back at home. She's just waiting on her husband to come back because she's pregnant and everything. And she's kind of due soon and everything. Just waiting on him to come back, you know, and everything like that. And I mean, I'll get into it when I talk more about the scenes between them two, but. Well, actually, no, I, I can talk about it now because uh, this movie does kind of jump around a lot, uh, especially when things get real hectic and disaster strikes, basically, um, and everything. But I mean, the scenes between and it's and it's funny, like that, even though Rob and Jan don't have any physical scenes together, except for at the very, very beginning. But all of their interaction after that is just over the phone. And you can feel like, yeah, that they know, like, yeah, this is the end. Like, we never going to see each other again type of thing. And just the emotion that both sides portray, like, here's a man that was just trying to do the best that he could, you know, for the people that was on his expedition. And he just got caught, you know, on the wrong side of of the storm that comes through the through the mountain and i mean a few people did try to come back to save him but they unfortunately you know either they couldn't get to him or one person that did get to him it couldn't save him and end up dying themselves and it just you know like i said it's a sad thing and just the fact that 
it, with the way the movie portrays him, like he was like a good dude and you know, he really did look after the people and everything like that. And unfortunately, like I say, he just got caught on the wrong side of the storm coming back down because he wanted to make sure that one person who wanted to get to the top of the, to the top of the mountain got to the top because they said that that was going to be the last time they was going to do it. And it was just, they were so close, but so far, but it was like, all right, we're going to get up there and then we're going to come back down. And yeah, it just, it just kind of sucks in a way. Um, what happens with, with Rob and everything. Um, so the movie kicks off where, like I said, we're introduced to Rob, um, Guy and Helen and their team as they're getting ready to go, you know, well, to meet up with the, the people who pay this money to actually go climb this freaking mountain, um, and everything. And then we are introduced to Beck, John and Doug who meet up and then they make their way to the camp of where they're going to meet with Rob and kind of everybody get introduced to everybody a little bit and just kind of get to know each other as they going up because once they get there, they do have to kind of depend on each other, depending on what group they are a part of. You know, like this person's like, yeah, we got to watch out for each other because our lives are literally in danger the entire time. And it's it's known like right off the bat, like, yeah, Mount Everest is no joke. And like, you better be prepared, even if you are prepared, basically, too. It's like something, some stuff that gets talked about. Now, even if you are prepared, you're still not prepared for what conditions you're going to be facing when you get on the mountain. And it's funny how Beck is the one he's, I mean, he's from Texas and he's a loud mouth and, you know, he seems very sure of himself. So, of course, he's like the alpha almost of the group and everybody kind of sees it. And in a way, he kind of picks on Doug because finding out exactly who what Doug does for a living. He's like, Oh, you're a mailman, so you deliver the mail? Like mailman on Everest. Ain't that something? And he's trying it's almost like he's trying to figure out how the fuck is he here? And everything. How the hell did he pay for this? But we do find out that Rob actually gave him a discount of even, you know, being able to come because that's the kind of dude I guess Rob was, you know, if you know, he would help people out if they wanted to climb, you know, the mountain and everything. At least like I say, that's how the movie portraying it. So I'm only can go by what the movie is going so anyone who said well that's not i'm just going by how the movie is that, that that's all i'm talking about um so um and the thing is too is like if if you know that this freaking mountain is what it is and so many people have actually died ever since they started climbing this freaking mountain i think it starts in like 1924 is when the first like expedition started and one person uh something i read like one of the guys who were a part of the original three expeditions up the mountain that he disappeared in 1924 but his body wasn't found until like 1999 or something like that that's like good grief and like say over the years of so many people you know dying and on the mountain but people still every year they go and they want to try to climb Everest. And I think it's interesting too, like how certain, some people, like they bodies, they leave them on the mountain when they die, um, in a way. Like, I mean, some people, they, they have had them come get the bodies and, you know, bring them home and stuff like that. But others, like they literally are still there, um, and everything, which is just, I think it's kind of, it's, it's crazy, but at the same time, I guess 
you know, people feel like, well, that's what they wanted to do. They loved doing what they did. Let that be their final resting place, I guess. Um, and everything. You can't really judge people for, you know, for thinking like that. But it is, I, I think it is kind of a thing. Like if, if you're someone who are into that and everything and you going up the mountain and you look over to the right or left and you see someone that's been, you know, they died on the mountain and, it's, and their body is still there. I think that would kind of do something to you in a way. But, um, yeah. So, they end up getting to the base camp and Rob, he basically, you know, he introduces everybody, gets everybody settled in. And we meet Scott, played by Jake Gyllenhaal, who just seems to be like this, you know, this, you know, kind of, hey, what's up, bro? You know, type of dude and everything. He just chilling and everything. And it's like, it, it's kind of funny seeing Jake Gyllenhaal play this type of a character because if you've known of the type of role that Jake Gyllenhaal plays, like this is almost kind of against type of what he's known for and everything. So it was kind of fun to kind of see him play this type of a character where it's like, hey, man, just, you know, just, just relax. Like, hey, I got some, I got some good stuff over here. You want some? Hey, man, just, just come and just, 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 just enjoy the vibes, man. You know, brother, you know, that whole type of thing. He, he's a, he's a sunflower child, right? And he just chilling. And we, we know that him and Rob, I mean, I get the sense that they were friends, uh, but they're all, they're leaders of two different expedition groups. And through the course of them having this conversation, we find out that the journalist that was coming along on the trip, John, um, Krakenauer, Krakenauer, Kanauer, John Kanauer. I don't know why I'm butchering this man's name like that. Um, John Kanauer, he was originally a journalist that was assigned to Scott's group and for some reason when this whole expedition came about and um rob was asked about having a journalist come along john was mentioned and he ended up being shifted over to rob's team and rob was just trying to let scott know like hey hopefully there's no animosity no beef about anything like that wasn't my decision that was you know, out of my hands, out of my control. I had nothing. And Scott's trying to tell like, look, bro, it's, it's all good. Like, like, don't, don't take it personally. And like, like, there's no issue with us. Like, we good. Like, and then he was like, well, look at, you know, the replacement that I get. And, he, and you look over and there's this attractive woman and things. So Scott, you're like, hey, like, I'm good. Like, look, you got John. I got her and like, Hey, everything is all, all good on my side. Like don't beat yourself up over this, but it just, it seems like Rob wants to apologize. And Scott was like, man, it's good. Like everything's gravy and everything. So, um, so some time kind of goes by. Come on. I'm going to jump forward a little. So during the first trial climb that they do, is where Doug starts to experience um, issues and everything. And, you know, he starts coughing and thinking like, because oh, everyone's like, okay, well, that's kind of a normal thing. Like, basically, as you're going up this mountain, from how it's explained in the movie, like, once you start your hike up the mountain, your body is actually dying. It's not just shutting down, but your body is literally dying. And we have to do the best that we can to keep you alive all the way up and all the way back down even though your body is shutting down and dying on you and like i said doug is the first one to kind of start to experience that with the whole coughing thing because basically what they're saying too is that 
you it feels like you're drowning and basically your lungs start to fill up with blood and you literally start puking up you know blood and everything and actually show somebody like doing that it's like really and y'all still want to climb this mountain all right i guess um type of thing and so um doing this part of the movie is where it seems like beck is your main main character i was put beck one and rob is like one a and we kind of get this whole thing with with beck of where you know he we learned that he forgot to call uh call back home to his wife and well not call but fax um his wife you know happy anniversary and everything because she sent the fax to him and he calls her on phone and and you know they kind of talk and everything he's like yeah i just want to talk to you you know you know say happy anniversary you know and everything like that and she's kind of downplaying it and everything and when they get off the phone she's like huh that's kind of weird because he never calls like when he ever he goes on those expeditions he never calls so she can kind of read between his macho bs basically like yeah it seems like he's scared for some reason and everything and he even kind of is away from the group um majority of this time too and they had basically have to kind of hey beck come on man come come have a party They're having a little party and everything it's like beck come on join the fun and everything like that um and everything but it's like he really is nervous about going up this mountain i think he actually probably thought that he was gonna die uh he probably thought that he was not gonna make it up and back down that mountain alive um just from how the movie portrays it and everything um so speaking of josh brolin i mean this is doing like josh brolin back in the you know in his comeback run um at this point and he's actually like I say Josh Brolin is a great actor and everything, and just seeing him play this kind of type of a guy and everything, like yeah, he's this Texas man, and lets it be known like he's from the great state of Texas and everything like that, and you know he is kind of like the alpha of the group when he's around. At the very beginning, he's like the alpha, but this, like I say, slowly but surely, he kind of you know starts to show signs like he's afraid but he doesn't want people to really know that he's afraid and then once they get up that mountain because he starts having problems with his eyes and and then they actually thought he was dead at one point because when the woman uh yasuka when she passes away and he's a part of the group with them coming back down they thought that he had died so they just left him there and then some way somehow he manages to to wake up and get himself back down the mountain even though his hands are frozen solid i mean frozen and got frostbite on his hands his face and everything like that he was really in bad shape but the fact that he made it back down and it's almost like in a in a weird way him not getting to the top to some degree is somewhat what kind of saved him but i guess you know he willed himself not to die um in a way um and everything and it, it, that part of the movie is very interesting too like like how it's portrayed in the movie and like you know and if that's what really happened in real life of everything like that dude he willed himself not to die that day um and everything and i say Josh Brown does a great job in the role that he plays in this movie um and everything and kind of so okay so them starting up the the full like after the trials are done and going up the mountain um this is like where the first sign of 
you know, this might be a doomed trip in a way because they get to a a ladder bridge, uh, which is literally two ladders that stack together to cross from one side of the mountain to another side. And below is like in a damn abyss, basically. And if you fall, you literally fall into this abyss and everything. So Rob and Scott, they trying to figure out, OK, what the hell exactly? Why is it? Well, Scott's trying to figure out what, what's the hold up. And Rob tells him like yeah, this other team, like they take forever to get cross here. And it's kind of, you know, it's kind of screwing up our time of getting up the mountain. So after the other team gets across and everything, because during this portion is where Beck starts to have problems with his hands. His hands are like freezing. So it's like, OK, once they get across, let's get Beck across first and everything. So when Beck goes to cross halfway across, he uh witnesses a, a like a landslide of a part of the mountain just crumbling right and it spooks him and he almost falls to his death but he clinging on to the ladder and he's like can't get up so rob comes out to help him up and he kind of snaps at rob a little bit like just get me across get me up this mountain and, and rob he is like he kind of plays it off but going by the notion that beck is actually afraid and everything thinking that he's going to die that's probably why he kind of lashed out the way he did so they end up, you know, finally getting him across and, and everybody and their group gets across. So after the near accident with with Beck and everything and what happens at that um ladder bridge, uh Rob, he he wants to talk to everybody, all the expedition groups, leaders and everything. It's like, look, you know, we are all on this mountain together. Yeah, we might be with this person that person but we're going up and down you know we still have to kind of look out for each other because we are responsible for these people's lives and everything and also ourselves in a way so let's try to do the right thing let's help each other out as we're going up this mountain and everything and the group that was ahead of them that was you know kind of clogging up the uh the lane as they as they referred to it they like and like screw you we don't work for you and blah 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 and everything so they end up you know peacing out basically and scott he's like come on come on in come on man don't like what what are you doing like like relax like like look listen to what he's saying like like come on we all here we all have we all trying to do the same thing and just help each other out but they don't want to hear it and they just dip out and so scott you know he's like well i'm with you and and everything. Some of the other groups is like, yeah, we 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 with you as well. So, it, like I said, it showed that Rob and Scott they did have a friendship and everything. And so they all agreed to like look out for each other, you know, as they going up the mountain and everything. And you know, make it just make it up and down safely for everybody, basically. So going back to talking about Jason Clark for a second as Rob now, similar to. Jake Gyllenhaal playing against type um, in this movie. Jason Clark with this role is very against type um, because, I mean, if you've seen him in anything, you know that he generally kind of plays these very either these tough guy roles or he plays um, people that you can't really trust in the movie. So to see him kind of play like this normal guy who just want to do right and be peaceful for everybody is kind of a little different of what you're normally of seeing of him but i thought i think this is probably like one of his best roles in my, in, in my opinion just from the standpoint because i mean anybody can always play the tough guy you can always be the tough guy that's that's kind of like the easy that's the more fun thing to do but to play 
this character will be more reserved and, you know, just trying to look out for people and having all the compassion and all that type of stuff. I think that's kind of the harder thing to do. Um, those are like the harder roles to play um, and everything, especially when you're so used. I wouldn't say so used to, but when that's what you're best known for. So him kind of going against his normal type archetype, because, I mean, he could have played uh Beck, um, really, if you think about it, you know, this kind of tough bravado and all that type of thing, you know, all that swagger, you know, and everything. He, because it's interesting, actually, him and Josh Brolin could have switched roles either way. And I think both of them would have kind of been good in either role. But Jason Clark plays Rob and everything. And like I talked about earlier with the, the conversation between Rob and Jan on the phone is really, it, it's really touching. I mean, it is. And the fact that they're doing this over the phone, it's not them in person. It's just they have to emote, you know, with a phone, really, um, and everything. So um, as things kind of compre- progress along, um, Harold almost damn near falls off the mountain and almost took Rob with him because he was going up trying to, you know, latch himself onto a rope and didn't latch. And he ended up falling and crashes back into Rob. And also, too, like I said, this as they're going up the mountain, there begins to be signs of certain climbers starting to have issues. Harold is one of them. But right here at this particular point, you're not really sure, like, what is his issue? You think, okay, he just didn't latch on correctly and just almost fell. But as time kind of goes on, you start to realize, like, his mind started to kind of, you know, uh, short circuit, unfortunately, um, and everything. And in a indirect way he causes a major um incident with the oxygen tanks of where the reason why rob couldn't make it back down the mountain because with the fact that his mind kind of harold mind starts to kind of play tricks on him a little bit they left like four canisters of oxygen at a certain point harold gets to those canisters and he actually on he releases all the oxygen from them thinking that they're empty but they weren't empty. So in a, in a roundabout way, and it wasn't, it's not, it's not his fault that this happened. It's just, it's an unfortunate thing that started to happen to Harold and, and everything. So, um, Helen back at the base camp tells Rob, like, look, there's a storm approaching and everything. So they kind of work out a thing like, okay, I 2 PM, uh, downtime, like we're going to get up there and we'll be coming back down by 2 PM we'll be at the point where we're underneath where the storm is at 2 p.m. type of, you know, us coming back down at 2 o'clock, you know, we'll be well below where this storm is going to hit on the mountain. It's like, okay, everything will be good. So um, the group, it gets to a point where the wind gets really bad. And this is where we see Scott. He starts to have problems. Like he starts getting real pale and everything and, and everything so he's almost kind of down bad but again with the way the conditions are on the mountain like okay this is normal and everything that's what you're thinking it's normal but in certain people cases it wasn't normal um and things because he starts to struggle with his breathing um and and also too that like i say at this point too is where scott really shows like just how much of a friend he is to Rob because one of the other guys is like, you know what, we're, you know, like we're going to try to 
go on up. Even though the wind is bad, we're going to try to go on up and everything. And he asked, like, well, what is Rob doing? He's like, well, they're going to wait it out. He said, well, we're going to do the same. Like, we are here with Rob. I agreed. Basically, I agreed back at the camp that we're going to work together. And that's what we're going to do. We're not just going to go off and do our own thing. Like, we're going to help everybody. Um, So, the storm ends up passing. And this is, like, in the middle of the, like, early morning type thing before day and everything. So, the storm passes. And it's like, okay, we're going to go ahead and go up because by the time we get to the top, we'll be coming back down by two o'clock. And like I say, the storm, the major storm that's going to be coming in won't affect us by that point. So as Rob and his, you know, everybody gets starts to go up, Scott's still feeling kind of bad and everything. He's like, you know what? I'm going to just stay behind here. I'm going to get a few hours of sleep and I'll meet you guys up there. Uh, so don't worry about me. I'm, I'll be good. Just let me get some sleep and I'll, I'll be right behind you guys soon. And everything. So they're like, all right. So as they're getting up to this, uh, I think it's, I forgot what exactly it was called. If it was the uh, second, uh, the, the southeast bridge, ridge, what it was called. At this point, Becky's having problems, his vision, because it starts to show from his point of view, like he can barely see. So Rob sits him down, like, look, Beck, you done. Like, like I know you want to get to the top. I know we are so much far away, but you can't see and i'm not gonna have you going up this mountain and you can't see so i'm gonna sit you down right here and we'll get you on the way back down so becky he, he he ends up sitting down at that point and everything where he can't go up the mountain anymore and it's like yeah like okay if, if you can't see like wait here an hour basically because yeah he told him like wait here now like if if your eyes if your vision don't clear up then you're just gonna sit here We'll get you on the way back down and everything. So he ends up reluctantly having to stay behind. And in a way, I think he was actually kind of relieved that he didn't have to continue to go further, even though he can't really see shit. But so they get to the southeast ridge and there's no ropes for them to go across. And this is what holds them up. And it's like, what the hell? Like, why were there no ready-made ropes? And I get the impression it's not, it wasn't said or anything like that. But that other group, the ones that that didn't want to have anything to do, I get the impression like they're the ones who took the ropes down when they came back down and everything. And 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 they because it's like, how is there no ready-made ropes already? Um, and everything and I know that group was ahead of them so they have to wait there at the Southeast Ridge while uh, Harold and a couple other guys they have to make new ropes and everything and this is what kind of this is what screws up their return time so after they get the rope set and everything everybody that's along that ridge they the more majority of the group, they end up getting to the top. Scott, he actually makes it and gets up there, but he's still struggling, not doing too good and and everything. But along the way, they actually left Doug uh, behind because he wasn't doing too good either because his breathing had got extremely bad. So he got left behind. So this is where this is where like all the, the dominoes begin to fall as far as everything that can go bad will go bad of where the 
after Scott gets up there, he's like, did you see Dougie alone? He's like, yeah, man, I saw him. He was way back there, man. It's like, he, he, he probably won't be making it up here. We might have to just get him on the way back. So, as they're coming back down, Rob, Scott, and the other guy, I forgot, forgot exactly who it was, they see Doug struggling. And, you know, Scott and the other guy, they continue to go back down. And Rob, he gets there with Doug. He's like, all right, come on, man. It's like, look, he's like, you're, you're done. Like, we got to turn around. We got to go now and everything. And Doug, please with Rob, like, no, like, I got to do this. This is the last time. I'm not, he said, I'm not coming back next year. Like, I have to do this. So Rob reluctantly goes up to the top with Doug's, you know, and take the pictures and everything. And they celebrate and everything. And Doug, he wants to sit down and try to go to sleep. And it's like, no, we, we got to move. Like, the storm is coming. Like, come on, Doug. Like, I got you to the top. Now I got to get you back down. And this is when things really go bad because Doug is is really down bad at this point. And Rob realizes, like, okay, they're real low on oxygen. He's already having problem breathing. This storm is about to hit us and everything. So we really got to move. And while they come back down, they – they starts to get hit by this storm a little bit and because it's starting to come in because they show up down at the base camp with Helen and even Guy where he is. He's, they see like this is a real nasty looking black storm that's coming thing that's hitting this hitting this mountain. So it's like, OK, we got it. We got to move, Doug. And Doug is like slowly trying to move. He's actually he starts to kind of move, you know, a little bit because Rob is like talking to him the whole time and everything. And. While they're actually starting to move and come back, Doug ends up literally falling off the mountain to his death and everything. So Rob is alone at this point. Um, and during this portion of the movie, when they're coming back down the mountain, because John runs into Harold, who's there at the four canisters of oxygen. And I thought it was kind of interesting that John didn't like stop him. Like, no, these are the canisters that were supposed to be left behind. Like, what are you doing? Because he sees him there opening. He's like, no, these canisters, they're, they're empty. Like, there's no, there's no, there's no oxygen in them, you know, and everything. And John, he just continues to go back down and leaving Harold where he is. And, but it's like, if you knew that those were the canisters, why didn't you stop him from continuously opening them and releasing the oxygen out of them? So, um, after, when, when things really, <clears throat> when things really start to get bad, and everything. Um, Rob, unfortunately, is caught up on the mountain too high up. And he actually has to kind of sit and like basically wait it out. And he's running low on oxygen. <clears throat> he's running low on oxygen and he's telling Helen back down to the base camp. And he's like, well, can you get to the southeast ridge? And Harold is like, there's no O2 here, but I'm going to come back up for him and everything. So he goes up basically to try to help um rob and everything so he ends up getting up there with rob and while they're up there the storm is really hitting them bad and everything and in the midst of this because this is another symptom that they say like what like you thinking that you're really burning up but you're not it was just the mind thinks that you're burning up so Harold wakes up in the middle of the night, starts stripping off his clothes because he's so hot. He actually falls off the mountain. He dies. So once again, Rob is all alone. And while this is actually going on, 
Scott, who was going down the mountain with the other guy, he realizes like, like, yeah, I'm not gonna make it, man. Like, th- this is it for me. Like, I'm just gonna just lay here and I'm just gonna go to sleep and never wake up. Basically, that's what he kind of says. So, Scott, he ends up dying right there on the mountain too. Um, so while the other team that had come back down ahead of them, they run into Beck and they get him and they take him down along with Isuka, who she's really kind of, she's really doing bad too. And they get to a point on the mountain where they have to like wait, wait it out and everything. And while they're waiting out, Yasuka, she actually dies. And they thought that Beck died because he had stopped talking basically and he couldn't see. And they thought, well, since she's dead, he's dead too. So when the storm cleared, they end up leaving, um, leaving, um, leaving back up there. So while that is all going, cause now we're at the point of where like disaster is really striking. Like people, unfortunately are dying and everything like that. So Rob, he wakes up and he pretty much like froze almost, but he wakes up and calls back down to guy Helen telling them like he needs some, he, you know, he needs help getting down. Cause it's, he said his hands are frozen and his freedom frozen and everything. So, they call Jan so she can kind of talk to him like we got to get like see if she can kind of help motivate him to move because if anybody can get him to move it's going to be her so this is like the first conversation it's like come on man. so she gets on the phone she's like come on like how you doing it's like I'm like so he tells her like he froze but he's like all right baby but you got to get moving you know where exactly are you like he tells her where where he is and she's like, well, you got to get to, you know, a certain point and then they'll be able to come and help you along the way. Say, but you got to move to give them some help. You got to help them get to you, basically. And he does. He starts to move and everything. So but at this point, um, there still there still seems to be a little bit of hope of getting robbed down off the mountain at, at this point. Still a little bit of hope. Um, but. As things get really bad because there's like more wind, the storm it comes back around basically. And this is where it really like, okay, now it's going to be tough to get anybody up there because he already went through one night of this and he's frozen. Like he's not going to survive another night basically. And they end up finding Scott dead on the mountain. And everything, and the guy he puts his backpack over his face, um, and everything. And they ask about where's Doug. They ask about where Harold, and it's like they're both gone, you know, and everything. And they realizing like, yeah, Rob is not gonna get back down this mountain. Basically, it's like everyone, it's like an unsaid thing, like from all sides. Everybody knows Rob knows it, Helen knows it, Guy knows it, even Jan knows it. It's like they realize like, yeah, this he's not coming back down that mountain. Cause he's not going to survive another night and everything. So, um, and this part of the movie is like where it is like all hope is lost for anyone that's too high up on that mountain. Like all hope is lost for anybody. If they're still alive, which in this case is Rob, who's up the highest at this point. So, um, Jan and Rob, they, they get Jan back on the phone again. And this is when they kind of realizing like, yeah, this is it and everything. So they have their final talk with each other. And like I say, just the way he is talking with her and like she's crying and just talking to him. And 
and everything. And from my understanding of doing a little research, like a lot of the radio talk that conversations that's between all of the characters on the radio, this is what was actually said on the radio in 1996. A lot of this um stuff. So. Rob, he names their unborn child, Sarah. He's like, can you name her Sarah for me? And it's like, unfortunately, I won't be there, you know, to see her when she's born, when she grows up and everything. And it's just like I say, that part of the movie is like, if it don't touch you seeing this part of the movie, it's like, yeah, because it is. It's a sad thing where these people just basically they're saying their goodbyes to each other, but they're not really saying goodbye and everything. And after. As they're talking everything, Rob, he just stops talking and he goes to sleep too and he dies. Um, right there. Um, so after that, somehow Beck wake up, like I said earlier, somehow he manages to wake up and half it, like I say, his face is frozen, his hands are badly frostbit frozen, and he's somehow he gets to his feet and he ends up getting to the base camp where John and the team that went down ahead of them where they are because they actually see him walking and they radio back down letting know like like Beck is alive like somehow he lived and they get him you know and they put in his hands in like this hot water and put him in, in the water and everything just to kind of warm him up and they ask him like do you like you feel like you want he's like I can't tell you just yet like I don't know because basically his hands is all screwed his face is frozen and he, how the hell everyone just trying to figure out how the hell is he is he alive because they like we know he was dead so doing this part helen she gets in contact with uh peach which i think is interesting that his wife name was peach um gets in contact with her letting know like hey beck is alive like but he's not doing too good so she gets on the phone and she starts making calls and everything about getting her husband the hell off of this freaking mountain. Like y'all going to get in there some type of way, get my man up out of there so you can bring him home. So they get these pilots and this dude actually does this. He did this in real life. Cause like I said, I looked it up a little bit. Um, he flies on the mountain and where he has to land at the landing point for him is a place that realistically you should not be able to land just because of physics in a way where how the wind is that the helicopter should not have been able to land. And I know in real life, there was this whole thing of where there was another character who was in similar condition as Beck. And this guy actually had to make this landing twice, but they kind of, they kind of, they actually omitted his entire story out of the movie so you only get to see it once in the movie but in real life this pilot actually does this twice and everything where he flies up there lands they get back into the helicopter and then they have to make this descent down the mountain in this crazy way and everything and so he literally flies in there gets back gets him the hell out of there off that mountain and everything and it just ends up like Peach, she's back in Texas. She makes that. She uses her connections and everything, and they literally flew in there and got that man up out of there and everything. Because if they didn't get him out of there, he probably would have died later on. Um, and everything. So that was kind of interesting. So all the survivors, you know, after this, they end up making it back down um the mountain and everything, and everybody just so distraught because 
you know, they're friends, you know, friends, you know, died on this mountain and everything that happened was no one's fault or anything. It's just, you know, extreme conditions and everything. And, you know, some people just didn't make it some, you know, and everything like that. So this is one of those natural disaster type things where it's no it's no one's fault of anything that happens per se um i mean in certain points it's like okay if some people would have worked more with each other then it would have been a little bit easier to come back down the mountain if certain people didn't want to push themselves to their absolute limit to get to the top then things might have worked out better for some but at the same time you can't fully blame like one particular person or it was this person fault or that person fault. it's no one's fault it's just it's one of those disaster things happens to where people in extreme situations have to deal with it and unfortunately some lives were lost um and everything and that's kind of how you i think that's what this movie pretty much says too is like they didn't glorify it that's one thing about the movie i did like that it's not glorified um because they, they definitely could have glorified you know a, a story like this and made people to be out to be like superheroes and stuff like that they could have did it but they don't they play it you know as realistic as possible um people being afraid to go up and down the mountain people you know having real issues you know trying to survive they they played out there is no heroes there are no villains there are no cowards or anything like that um and everything with the movie so like i say the survivors they all make it back and everyone's you know really sad about like we just went through this hellacious experience some of us didn't come back uh and the ones of us that did come back we have to live with the loss of our our friends um and everything uh so becky ends up getting back home and we see where his hands were amputated and even his nose was amputated um and everything and guy and helen they meet up with jan and you know they reunite and have to go on and stuff like that and the last shot of the movie is of rob's body laying in his final place on the mountain where in real life that's where his body is they decide to leave him up there because as the movie goes as the movie the closing credits of the movie get like um a curtain call to the real life people they show pictures of the real life people that are portrayed that died on the mountain and everything and even um some of the ones that did survive also um and then we get like Rob, his body's still there. I believe Scott's still there. Uh, I think Yasuka, I think her husband, they had them come and get her body, um, and everything. And we get like the little curtain call. And then also, too, we get a picture of Jan with baby Sarah. And then we get grown up Sarah, who I think she's like a teenager at that point. And it's like a little home video of her. And, and that's how the movie ends. So, like I said, it, this is not, a fun movie um to watch um and even kind of when i was watching i was like yeah maybe i shouldn't have did this one for the podcast because i kind of wanted to stay away from sad sad movies and i mean this movie is a is a tragic story it's a sad movie um but 
it is worth a watch. I will say that um, for anyone who watch movies like this or, you know, enjoy watching movies like this, it's worth a watch. There are some really good performances in this movie. Um, but like I said, there is no, you know, heroes, villains or anything like that when it comes to this movie um, necessarily and everything. So if I had to rate this movie out of five um, I would say out of five uh, ladder bridges, uh, I would give it a solid. I give it a solid three and a half. Yeah, I give it a solid three and a half. I mean, it is a. I mean, the movie moves really quick. Um, there are a few parts of the movie that is kind of slow, but it's understandable because in the beginning you are trying to get, you know, you know, get to know these people. Because when disaster strikes, you start to feel you start to feel some type of way about characters when certain ones unfortunately pass away, and you are hoping that okay, just if they can get to you know somebody and you know just just hang on a little bit longer and everything, you do kind of start rooting for certain people to survive in this movie, um, and everything. Um, but yeah, like I said, I give it a solid three and a three and a half. Uh. As far as a favorite character, I don't, I don't know if there's really a favorite character because you just have people. Um, like I say, like I say, you have two. What I like to refer to as the two main leads of the ensemble, and then everyone else is kind of playing support. And you notice I didn't talk about Vanessa Kirby's character at all, really, um, because they really never give any focus so much to majority of the women that goes up the mountain because there's like three women as far as in the movie that goes up the mountain but they never really put too much focus on them um outside of yasuka i mean you learn a little bit about her character but you don't really know too much about her character and when she dies um let's say it's sad that it happened but you don't feel like the connection because they never really put too much of a focus on her like that which is an unfortunate thing because this woman actually in real life she she's like one of the few people i believe to ever climb all seven summits and everything she made it up all seven like that was a feat in itself and they didn't put a lot of emphasis on her or anything for whatever reason i don't know why but they don't but i think she her story should have been told a little bit better um Vanessa Kirby's character don't know why they didn't put any real focus on her um, or anything like that. But I mean, that aside, I mean, this might be the first movie where I re- I, re- I review that I don't have a favorite character. Um, I say all the performances are are good, but I don't I, I can't really say that I have a favorite character um, in this. So, yeah, this might be the first time a movie talk first um, where I don't have a favorite character. Uh, but, yeah, that's pretty much it for Everest. And like I said, I kind of I almost feel bad for even reviewing this movie in a way. Um, I think that's the first also where I feel bad for reviewing a movie. Um, yeah, so maybe next time I will really think about whether or not I really want to review a certain movie when it comes to subjects like this um 
if you want to check me out, of course, you can follow me on the Twitter at either my personal page, the J Giles, or the movie page, J Movie Talk, or on Instagram at JMT Podcast, or my personal Instagram at the J Giles. Also, um, you can find all of the episodes of part of the TV Zone Podcast Network. Um, wherever you listen to your podcast at, or to make things very easy, you can go to the website, www.tvzonepodcastnetwork.com. If you do happen to listen to, um, us on any of the podcast catchers, you know, make sure you give us a uh, five star reviews. It helps get the network and also the podcast out there more to more listeners and everything and like i always say let us know like how we're doing and everything you can leave comments you know and everything like that hey i like this episode hey i might not like that episode i like what the network is doing i might not like what you're doing you know and everything like that let us know and everything um took a week off from um the last of us uh so we're actually me and xena will be coming back to wrap up that um podcast with two episodes and kind of do a wrap-up of the series and everything so that's why you're not getting the episode this week um with the last of us um but yeah um even though this is the end of episode 280 i will be back for episode 281 to talk about be coming back to do the poseidon poseidon adventure the original poseidon adventure with uh, Gene Hackman as the preacher and and that uh, group and everything like that. So, yeah, I'll be doing the original um, Poseidon adventure, talking about Ernest Boyd and I just being a damn menace and just furious all on Gene Hackman back the whole time that they're trying to make it and everything. And, and, and I might have a little bit more fun with that one um, and everything. And unfortunately, I didn't have too much fun with this one um, and everything. But hopefully it'd be a little bit more fun with the Poseidon adventure. So until next time, peace.